Pastor Katie. Our scripture for today is a continuation of our scripture from last week. We're back in Luke chapter 2, and we're going to be picking up at uh, verse 22 and reading through verse 40. Hear now the word of the Lord. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, Now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and rising of many in Israel. And to be a sign that will be opposed, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage. Then as a widow to the age of 84, she never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? God, whatever it is that we need in this moment, we pray that we receive it. Not through anything that we're able to do, but through your grace. May your preacher just... Be a vessel, an instrument of that grace. It's in the name of the Messiah, Jesus Christ our Lord, that we pray. Amen. Well, it's that time of year again. Uh, That time of year where uh, we all uh, most likely participate in making some type of uh, resolution We resolve to do something that's going to make ourselves or uh, things around us better. Uh, For example, I've been pondering a few. 
uh, I need to lose about 10 pounds so I could resolve uh, to eat better. Uh, chances are that's not going to last very long. I've also been pondering about resolving to uh, actually practice the game of golf a little bit here and there, uh, knowing that I'm not very good at it. It seems as if practice would be helpful, uh, and so that also is a resolution that I'm pondering. Uh, with that said, it probably won't happen. Uh, the third one that I'm wrestling with, and I'm really, you know, being transparent here, is uh, getting away from screen time. Uh, be it on the phone or the, even the television, uh, I feel as if I could probably uh, do better if I've read more books instead of spent time on my phone or, or binge watching some show late at night. Um, so I've been pondering that one too, but chances are it wouldn't last long. Now that's the thing about resolutions. It's also the thing about this time of year. It's also the time of year that I typically preach a sermon about how we are really, really bad at keeping our New Year's resolutions. It's also that time of year, and I can't tell you how many times I've preached it, that I'll preach a sermon about making some sort of spiritual resolution as opposed to resolving to give up chocolate. Uh, and uh, I've preached these sermons before, and in, in, in the past I've also used little slips of paper, little slips of paper that uh, the congregation can write down what their spiritual resolution for the coming year is, and we bring them forth, and we put them on the altar, and we kind of, in, in putting them on the altar, we're giving it to God in the hopes that, unlike trying to give up eating bad or practicing golf or screen time, if we bring forth these spiritual resolutions and put them forth on the altar, then God can do something with it. Like, Lord, help me to, to have a spirit of forgiveness. Put that on the altar. Lord, help me to, to read Scripture more and, and to be more devotional with my time. Put that on the altar. Lord, I need to pray more. Put that on the altar. Lord, I need to be more faithful in, in my attendance at worship. Put that on the altar. I need to do these things. I'll put them on the altar, right? Not to, to downplay resolutions, be it for your health physically or or. Uh, mentally or emotionally or, or spiritually, not to downplay any resolution that we could set forth to make us or the things around us better in any of those ways, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, um, not to, to downplay any of those. I, I, I'm not intended to do that, but I want us to notice this morning uh, where the emphasis is placed when we make a resolution. The emphasis is placed on the I. Me. I need to eat better. I need to practice golf more. I need to have less screen time. I need to pray more. I need to read more. I need to have a spirit of forgiveness for the coming year. I need to do better at making sure that I'm faithful when it comes to matters of church. The emphasis with the resolution is always on I, me, what, what I need to do, what I can do. Well, this New Year's, family, I, I want us to uh, approach this, this new year like Simeon and Anna. 
Simeon and Anna are not overly resolved to do this or that. But they are resolute in their waiting. Resolute in their waiting and in the anticipation of what God can do. It's not about what they can do. They're resolute in waiting to see what God can do. What God is going to do. Simeon had long awaited for the consolation of Israel. He woke up every day saying, is today the day? He woke up every day still waiting, still hopeful. Is today the day that, that God does this thing that God's going to do? Is this the day where, where I'm uh, blessed to see the Messiah? It wasn't about anything that he could do. It was about what God was going to do. That's what he waited for. That's what he focused his attention on. Something that only God could do. And in Anna's case, it's similar. She's in the temple every single day. Talk about spiritual discipline. Talk about all-around discipline. Disciplined in her waiting. She's there every day praying and fasting, waiting to see what God can do. can God do? Waiting. Remaining resolute in the waiting. So this morning, my question is, what is something that you are waiting for? that only God can do. What is something that is desperately needed? Something that is desperately needed, that is worth waiting for, that only God can provide. I want to ask that question one more time because I really, 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 really want it to fall on you. What is something that is, is desperately needed in your life that is worth waiting for that only God can provide? might come to your mind just like that. It might be coming right about now. What is it? This is where our piece of paper comes into play. We're going to write down what it is that we're in need of this new year. 
something that's worth waiting for, something that we will remain resolute in our waiting for, that only God can do. What we're going to do as a church is, is we're going to bring these papers up and, and we're going to place them in the altar area. And then we're going to take them from all three services today and we're going to make one of our bulletin boards into a prayer board. And we're going to pin up each and every one. So don't put your name on there unless you want everybody to know. We're going to pin them all up and we're going to leave them pinned up for the entire month of January. And I invite those of you who... uh, are already there prayerfully uh, in, in, in your, uh, your prayer life to, 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 to pray over those. Whenever you come into the building, just, just walk by and whisper a prayer. That's how we're going to start 2024. Praying for things that are needed that only God can provide. We're going to put them on the board. We're going to pray over them. Every time you walk in the building, walk by and just whisper. And let's see what God does in our lives, individually and collectively in 2024. In anticipation of what God's going to do in 2024, we go ahead and we say, thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Number 246 uh, is a song that Simeon and Anna uh, probably did not sing that day in the temple, but I guarantee they sang one that was very similar because the thing that they had been waiting for happened, and God did it. Joy to the World is number 246 in our hymnal. I invite uh, you as you are able to come forth as we sing together and place your your paper uh, in the altar area. And if you see a neighbor who maybe needs some help getting theirs up here, uh, grab their paper for them and bring it up here as well, okay? Uh, I invite you to stand and sing, friends, as you are able.